Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Bodacious Babes. Bite Size Chunks into all elements of the music industry presented and produced by me, Gabrielle Corbett. It is a podcast by women in music aimed at people who want to know more about the varying jobs and titles within the industry, hopefully helping to demystify it, inspire more bodacious babes to get involved and most importantly, celebrate one another and share some good vibes. Today I have Vanessa Maria slash Ness, um, who is a DJ, she is music marketing babe as well and a mental health advocate. She is awesome. This is episode 36 and I'm actually really excited to share this one with you because I feel if you need any uplift or you're looking to get into the industry and you know no one, this is a perfect story of that. And Ness has so many great quotes that'll just encourage you to feel so proud of yourself and make the best of the situation you're in. I felt super inspired listening back and editing. I actually had to email her and say that. Um, great background. We actually chat to begin with about her mum and Wi-Fi woes. This will all make sense soon. Her mum's really, really cool. She is a horse trainer. She is now in Iceland. They um, were from Germany, but now in Iceland uh, making ice cream at this amazing farm in Espadir. So listen out for that. Um, yes, like the, the music that Vanessa DJs is kind of global club music and Afro chap. She's also got a huge love for underground rap and drill. And she actually only got into DJing like a year and a half ago. She was at uni in Bristol doing psychology um, and whilst she was there, that was kind of one of her first jobs at the uni. She was a mental health representative at the student union. Then after that, she did a really great scheme with Creative Access that got her working at the BBC, doing the one show, Dragon's Den. So, so random now if you think about it. And now she's at like working as of January um, at Sony Music in the marketing team at Black Butter as part of their internship scheme. But the path is a lot of hustling and a lot of hard work and a lot of DJing between and it's really interesting to hear that you gain so many skills from other jobs creative jobs in particular that you might not realize are so relevant to where you want to go she'll also mention a really cool uh, collective called Mix Nights which is actually where she began to well that's where she learned to DJ and it's part of Saffron Records and she's also um as of I think February has a Foundation FM show so Foundation FM are friends of the podcast too so that's always fun to have a bit of synergy and actually another friend of the podcast Mira she and Ness are part of the alternative power list and um, the 100 music list from she said so of 2020 so super exciting but yeah I feel like I've covered kind of what we're going to go over like her path to now we'll touch on places to find music if you're into DJing but we'll also talk about kind of making maybe a strategy in place to kind of get you into music if that's where you want to go with regards to the actual music industry and um, she'll talk about DJs that inspired her and um, her love for research and thinking that it's super important to understand who is doing what you want to do why you want to do it and like what is the his- what is the history behind it so you know what is the history behind the music you're playing if you're a DJ like that's super important too but yeah so I'll hand over to Ness and I we start talking about um wi-fi because my wi-fi was absolutely shocking and then we'll go into kind of nostalgia and then I realize how much older I am <laughs> compared to Ness um I should note 
that my mic has been really weird on this recording, so you might hear some echo, but I say embrace that noise and enjoy. Cue the music. Enchanté. issues of a lockdown have been crazy it's been it's it's been a lot to adjust to you've got to find the right spot in the house you've got to sort of make 100%. sure no one <laughs> no one else is using at the same time because then it like slows down the wi-fi there's a lot of there's a lot of like skill and etiquette towards using using it correctly do you know though i don't know how old you are but like so i'm 31 going on 32 and when we were kids um you obviously could just like you could only go on the internet one at a time and you also couldn't make phone calls did you grow up with that no, I'm 23. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, this may sound so old, but like, that was how it was. So like, it sounds ridiculous. So if you wanted to, when MSN that like, came out or whatever, so maybe when I was 16, I had like two brothers, so like older and younger, but it meant that you could never lie to your parents because if they picked up the phone, you heard this dial tone. So they'd always know when you'd like sneaked into like the one computer in the house that you all shared. It's so different. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember when the phone rang and it's like, oh no. And I used to play lots of like internet games. Like I used to play like, weird games on the internet. Like there was one called like horse and you'd like train up a racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, I, my mom used to be a racehorse trainer. So I was like obsessed with horses growing up. But I would like get to a point where you'd have to race your horse. And obviously like you're in a live competition with other people. And then the phone would ring and I'd be like, no. You cannot take the phone call right now. Also that must have like froze so much with like that. If it was like, Something in motion must have taken up so much more um, of the Wi-Fi and stuff. Listen, it used to eat up the Wi-Fi. My parents were like, what are you doing on the interweb? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> do my work. <laughs> That's so cool. Your mum, does, does she still do that? Or is she retired or what? No. So, yeah. So, I grew up in Germany and I was born in Germany, actually, in Dortmund. And my mum was a horseway trainer, very random. So, we used to go to, like, the stables and stuff there and i could ride before i could walk that's absolute madness it's mad isn't it but my dad was um so my mom's actually a pastry chef but she used to she used to like what she's so cool (laughs) (laughs) she's very cool um so she's a pastry chef but he's training racehorses and my dad was a chef um but also used to be a dj and so that's where like the music comes in and yeah so i lived out there then i moved to london and then i went to Bristol and she moved to Iceland so now she lives on a farm in the middle of nowhere in Iceland with horses whereabouts like more more rural kind of north she's or like... in the middle of nowhere in the Westfields about four hours away from Reykjavik um she lives on our family wow. friend's farm it's called Erbstadir because you put up that post of uh you doing one of the festivals in Iceland which... yes that's where it's going to be so Erbstadir is like a, a family-run farm um which has turned into like a really it's a really cool hotspot on the um on the ring road i don't know if you know about the ring road that people take when they go to iceland it's like a tourist route yes Um, that's like what we basically did and we were always up really early ahead of everyone it was such a fucking good feeling (laughs) we were lucky though because my my pal was from he's from iceland so he gave us a few like random tips of little weird places to pop into so is she on that part or like four hours still yeah exactly so there's but the ring road i think there's like on the ring road you can do like the normal fast route and then there's like a 
longer route and this is like the longer ring road but it's so worth it um and yeah they have a little dairy farm they've got like a a milking robot that you can see they've also got a farm shop so they make ice cream cheese um skier which is like icelandic yogurt they have like chocolate confectionery stuff they've got it all and they all make it like in-house and basically my mom makes the ice cream (laughs) that's just awesome yeah and i used to work in the farm shop in the summer so, I, so when did she move? Did she move, like, you said when you were at Bristol, I know it's at uni you went there, right? Yeah, so basically I went to uni, so when did I go to uni? Like three years ago now? Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, she moved, she basically was like, I've had enough of London, I'm divorcing your dad, he's a waste man. I'm Iceland. Gonna live, <laughs> I'm going to live my life. I need, I deserve to be, you know, to follow my dreams of like, she loves horses and she's always wanted to have her own horses and just live out oh. in the wilderness. So that's what she did. She was like, men ain't good, horses are great. I'm done. And I was like, you do you, inspiration, love it. And that's how it went. That's so beautiful. It was crazy though, because she kind of joked to our friends being like, yeah, by the way, I'm going to like retire, um, but I'm going to move to your house and I'm going to help you run the farm. And they were all like, yeah, of course, like do it. Like, she's like, great, I'm coming like this summer. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm literally outside. That's pretty cool because like, that, like with the pastry chef stuff, I mean, like that must have been so useful for them to have. I know that the ice cream making must be quite different, but like she has so many amazing skills and the horse uh, skills as well. Like she's basically like almost been preparing for this. I feel like her whole life to make exactly. It, to ice cream. <laughs> it was destined. She was destined to be there, a hundred percent. Because they've always talked about. So we've known them for over like ten years now, and we knew them before they had like the whole. The, there's like a new. Um, barn which is like where the tourist stuff is and it's like a whole thing and the shop and everything that we we met them when they just had like literally 20 cows or something and they were just a tiny little farm with nothing there and we'd stayed in like their holiday house and it was like the first time that they'd opened the holiday home so we just naturally became close and oh. they have kids our age and um, I remember like sitting down with them for, for dinner, like the first time we ever met, like almost like 15 years ago. And my mom was just talking about how, you know, she makes cakes and like, you know, she has experience making like ice cream cakes and stuff like that. Um, and she's like, oh, like you guys like have so much, you make so much milk, like you should do something with it. And they were like, oh, like we kind of want to, you know, open, we kind of have plans to like open like a, shop one day and make some ice cream but we're looking for people who will be able to like do it and she joked i remember joking like 15 years ago like (laughs) yeah i'll make your ice cream and here we are like they've literally got their shop going she's making the ice cream um she's perfectly skilled for it honestly and um she's so happy there as well and my mom like she's really good at um like designing them all like personalizing them if you want harry potter if you want RuPaul's Drag Race, whatever it is that floats your boat. RuPaul's Drag Race, oh my god, that'd be so fun to do that one. <laughs> Bimini Bamboolash, a living, living legend, love, lover, lover. But um, I watched RuPaul's Drag Race this morning. Can you tell? <laughs> so with the DJing stuff, then did you always do that as a like growing up? Did your dad DJ like and have stuff around the house. Is that why you got into it? Not at all, because he stopped DJing like ages ago, like bef- way before he even met my mom so he just had loads of vinyls and he would play music all the time and we'd have like sunday dance sessions he would just like bang out old reggae and we'll just be like he would literally like spin me around it was like the cutest thing oh that's so cool yeah but no i only learned how to dj a year and a half ago which is crazy that through there's a certain collective that you can learn to get more women into djing yes mixed nights um they started off (laughs) 
They started off in Bristol. Um, they're part of a record label called Saffron Records and they just empower women in music and they're just amazing. They run de- uh, DJ sessions to get more women um, in the mix nice. and it runs over six weeks and you get paired with a mentor who is a sick DJ in their own respect, whatever genre that they that they play. Um, and then at the end, there's like a massive showcase and then you play at your first club night. It's amazing and they've actually... Um, I was, oh, it was annoying because lockdown came at, for everyone, I guess, came at a time where uh-huh. the plans were really to branch out to different cities. So they had like a London, um, a London date sort of set up and we even had like a venue. We even had our mentors ready. We had sent out application forms and then obviously Corona came in. But um, <laughs> hopefully when, you know, June 21st, let's manifest, hits, we'll have like a London base going. That's mad. So you've only been doing it a year and a half. But I feel like that's what I, I don't know you, obviously, but that's what like I see of you now because that's, I suppose, like the most recent stuff on your Instagram. And that was the thing, because you just liked a few things on my um, Instagram post. So then I looked at yours and I was like, oh my God, you've done so much. And then I loved, I literally just loved that, the whole point of the podcast, to try and get people into realising jobs are out there, but also like trying to speak to people that have either been through it recently. And... You were just like, dream job at Sony. Yes, yes, yes. And that is just so cool. Yeah, it's it's wild because I remember when I... So my first... So I went to Bristol Uni and I studied psychology. Um, and then I uh-huh. got my first job at the Students' Union at my um, university. And I was doing... I was a mental health representative there. And I remember starting. I was Amazing. like... Yeah, and I remember starting and being like, oh, this is... I, I love this. But I knew music was in my heart and I was telling my co-worker, uh, my good friend, one of my best friends, um, Nazra Ayub, who's an amazing activist and writer. And I was telling Naz, I was like, you know what, babe, like, I just want to DJ, you know, I, I love this activism life. I, I, I'm here for it. <laughs> like, I, I really am. But I love them. I just love music. And I literally knew, I know, because normally someone always knows someone, someone knows a DJ, someone knows this, blah, blah, blah. I literally knew no one. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> like I literally, and I remember Naz being like, all right, don't worry, babe. Like we'll plot and plan and we'll get you there. And um, I was talking to her and I was like, I can't believe I've managed to get into the music industry coming from <laughs> politics and mental health work. And she was like, listen, you did it. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. And I think that was the first time I looked back and thought, Oh, like you know what? I, I've 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 done all right for just living in Bristol, being like I just want to work in music, but I'm a mental health rep. <laughs> but isn't that quite cool? Because it's like also like you just said, you just took time to reflect. Because I feel like that was maybe a good thing about last year, and maybe a bit of this is like there was a bit more time to be like, right, I've actually done quite a bit, or you're like hustling away. But that's the same as um. A friend of mine, Libby, she's been on the podcast at the beginning. We used to work in music together at Domino. And she then decided to kind of, she thought, oh, maybe I want to do tech stuff. So she was doing that. But she ultimately was a big kind of sexual health, like rep kind of vibe. Super into like trying to um, bring forward like women's like period poverty and stuff like that. And she set up her own thing called uh, Flow Free, trying to get like just free period products, etc in like bathrooms everywhere anyway she's now working at Brooke the sexual health charity and we were chatting the other day I was like look how cool that is like you always wanted to do it but she was just like how am I going to move into that like how am I going to get over there and I was like now you're here it's like and that's like the opposite way around I suppose but like didn't know anyone to begin with um I think it's amazing I I, I do think if you chat about it or you really want to and you you have to do a lot of extra work to get there um 
you can definitely make your own path and sometimes like other people close all the doors and you just have to make your own <laughs> you have to I always tell people like it's not it's not about like how you're going to do it it's about your why and if you have a reason why you want to do something that you will get there like I, I can't stress it enough because it honestly does not matter if you don't know like how you're going to do it because you'll make it happen if it's if it's really what you want to do you'll just do it because you're like cool like I'm gonna I'm just gonna be resourceful um I'm gonna re- do your research yeah. on people who are doing it and you'll find a path and I think one thing that always sticks with me as well is when um I think Dave he he had he was he was playing Glastonbury like two years ago um and he had like this speech that he said before he like started performing his songs and it just really stuck with me he he said that um you are the formula there is no formula to do anything you are the formula like you can only do your research and you can only sort of take inspiration from other people but remember that you are making your own path and I think that is so it's so powerful um because sometimes you can be in your own head and you'll think like oh like this person's done this or that person's done that. And like, I haven't, you know, I haven't done that step by step by step by step thing. And then I was like, hold on. When I was working the mental health thing, Nazra told me, listen, you're going to be the first DJ who was a mental health rep and won a student (laughs) election. And that's going to make you sick. And I was like, you're right. I was like, I'm going to be the first one to do that. And she was like, that's what you're going to do. And I think if you carry yourself in that way, then you realize the doors will always open and we can always make your own doors because it, cool if no one's done yeah. it just be the first person you're, you're the formula but i think that's it like there's like and there'll be people that might be thinking that they want to do that as well so it's nice to even chat about it. but it's also the thing I, I do think that's like something that comes up so much you get so wrapped up and seeing what other people do and you're like right okay so how do they get there like or why are they there now or like why were we both at the same point a year ago but they're miles ahead now and it's just it's it totally overwhelms you a hundred percent it is very overwhelming it is very overwhelming but you just have to trust that you are exactly where you need to be yeah but also if you're enjoying what you're doing then that's like takes that overwhelming away like you're mm. saying like you're the formula or like you're doing the bits that you enjoy but mm. then ultimately I don't, I don't know for me I'm always like if I'm learning and I'm getting a, like something out of this like a feel good that's fine <laughs> like that's all good it's just a journey you just always learn and there's always more growth to be done and I think every day is an opportunity to just better yourself um and there's there's so much knowledge and power out there um that it it, like it just keeps you going you know and you never know what life will throw at you good or bad but you just got to take it in your stride um because you never know what's around the corner that's so true god i feel like we've got like a thousand million amazing like quotes i want to take (laughs) (laughs) gonna copyright this whole podcast (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i'm just gonna put them up on the wall uh no i was thinking so like you mentioned could we kind of do a rough path now which is good so that you're saying like obviously you're at bristol doing like mental health advocate like part of that wanting to get into music or like wanting to dj but like was there anyone that you were like oh they're doing it even though we're saying that you make your own path kind of thing but was there any djs you were like well that looks awesome so therefore could i do that or like radio shows you're listening to 100 percent. i feel like um I think make your own path, but always do your research, like figure out who's in the scene, figure out who's in the industry, who's doing your thing. And I literally used to, I know it sounds like I'm such a nerd and like a stalker, but I had like a document and I'd write, I would literally like have 
headings for people that I was looking at and be like, okay, cool. I literally went down to the first Instagram post and be like, what do they do here? How do they get there? Blah, blah, blah. And I used to like, yeah. study people like, like so hard because I was like, I just really want, I was like, I'm going to just do it because I don't know how, but I'm going to just study and see how they've done it. Um, but yeah, I was I snoochy shy. Oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. I think people are always like quite shocked when I talk, when I say that that was like a big DJ inspiration because like my DJ style is very different from her and I, I, I DJ like quite a lot of club music and um, like, like, you know, global club music and like um, Afro trap and that kind of stuff. But Snoochi obviously is very big in the underground like rap and drill scene and that's also my other love. Um, but I think what it was is seeing her on Radar Radio having a show called Breakfast with Shy and hearing um, another woman just being herself. Like she's just so, so much... She's just so herself and she does not care. Do you know what I mean? And she's so, she was like on the Breakfast of Shy, if you listen back to it, she would be like doing her radio show and be like, oh shit, something just dropped. Oh my God, like what the fuck? And she'd be like, oh shit, everyone's going wrong. She's like, oh, you know what, mate? Like I've just had the worst date and like, you know, I got my back blown out the other day. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just, she's just, just so funny but you buy into that like as in like and not like she's doing it on purpose but you do and that's why you actually end up I think getting so attached to it but also like you said it's not like formula and just like hi so welcome to yeah or you know and you're like right okay this feels more my vibe and like I could enjoy doing that because I could be myself so authentic and I just hadn't come across that there's no one there's no one like Snoochie and I feel and obviously she um she does she's known as like more of like a, I guess a presenter now she does her like BBC One extra show and stuff but she's also a sick DJ her boiler room is lit um and I think just see, hearing her talk and like buying into her as a personality in person and seeing that she was DJing I was like you know what like like I want to I want to try this DJing thing like I really do and I've always wanted to so she was like a big inspiration just for like radio and DJing um and it's funny because I started off wanting to, I started off DJing being like, I just want to play trap and drill and I want to be a pretty girl on the decks. And, and then <laughs> I really do, I've got to keep it a hundred. And then I sort of like discovered, that's when I really discovered music because people in, like, I don't know if you know, like Bristol, obviously you have a massive like jump up, jungle scene, dub, you have people like Giant Swan, Manga and Hi-Fi Ghost and you have like a massive grime scene. All of these like legends in the game are there, like Pinch, Joker. Um, and I was like, shit, there's like so much more to music than trap and drill, <laughs> Do you know? And that's when I was like, cool. <laughs> like my original vision was interesting, but it's just not good enough. Like I know better now and I want to do better. I want to experiment. I want to showcase different sounds. I want to cool. create exper- experiences for people on the dance floor. I don't just want to, you know, play a banger I, I want to create a feeling it's funny because I, I was inspired to, to DJ um by I guess like a like a radio host like a radio presenter not it's not so much like yeah. a DJ um and then as I like, entered I was like oh like there's there's so much and there's like there's so much and I was like wow and then I had to really do my research and like find out about like labels and oh fuck yeah that's like an absolute so many of them one thing that would be useful is when you applied, or did you apply, but like when you applied for that, um, and I've totally fucking written it down, I forgot the name of it already, Mix. Mix Night. Yes. Did you have to apply for that? You do have to apply and it's quite like a long, they have basic, like there's a long waiting list for it. So what did I, I think, I might even have it somewhere, but I, I think I I definitely wrote Trap and Drill. Like I, and I think I definitely, I definitely wrote 
It might, you know what? I'll try and find it right now. But Trap, Drill, Snoochie Shy, Tiffany Calvar, who are still like massive inspirations for me. And I just, I just, oh, I, yeah, I just. Had you done any DJing before though? Like, no, nothing. I used to, so that's I, nice. I used to mix yeah. that, um, at my, like, I used to mix of YouTube. I called it YouTube mixing when you like fade down like the, the, the sound and you fade up the other one. Mix nights, is it like, it was just a six week program, did you say? Yes, it's a six week program. Um, I'm actually, I think I just found my application. I th- no way. Yeah. Oh, damn organized. <laughs> it's a six week program and you basically, um, you're put into like a cohort um, and you meet like once a week um, and practice. I think, I think for two hours and we used to do it at BIM Bristol. That's decent. So they, I take it they have the kit so you can actually go in and use it. There's no need to be like bringing anything. Yeah, they have they have everything set up, so it's it's like you don't even yeah you don't need to do anything. Is there anything like because that stuff's not available right now? Can you do any like remote mixing to get you in the vibe, or like even do that YouTube thing you did maybe? Yeah, for for people starting out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for if you're starting out and you want to get into DJing, um, first of first and foremost, I would recommend getting a controller um, that you can practice on. So there's a really good one, a Pioneer for DG. 4DDJ, 400DDJ, I think that's what it's called. Um, I think it's like yeah. 250 pounds. So it is an, a, a bit of an investment, but if you can get grab your hands on one of those, you can you can practice at home. So I'd grab that, um, grab, uh, get a record box or get Serato or something where you can um, store all your music and mm-hmm. YouTube. Like that's what I, like YouTube has, it will literally, it's like the fool's guide, step by step by step by step. <laughs> um, and I know people always talk about YouTube, like you can learn anything, but it is just like that, will, that willpower and discipline to sit down and be like, cool, I'm going to teach myself. Do you still go to a ticket for stuff as well? Like, is there anything you're ever wanting to learn you would go to YouTube? Yeah, I, you, yeah, 100%. Like I, I YouTube stuff all the time um, from like, I did it yesterday, I did it yesterday because I was like struggling with Excel. <laughs> um like i I realized how like great of a skill being like a excel whiz is for anything if you're like for anything honestly it's it's amazing i had that recently i did like a basic excel like course thing i was trying to like when i was applying for jobs last year and yeah basically like as soon as i got to like a certain point i was like oh my god it can do so much but that is like way like a lot of time I need to put into it but it's an amazing skill to have if you have it it's such a great skill and I was like cool I need to teach myself something real quick because I had to do like a little task this work task but I knew that there was like a quick way to do it um but yeah YouTube is my best friend you could save so much time yeah I think YouTube is amazing and like I was thinking like I might actually go into that was me like going totally off I might get you I'm just thinking like as we're on it anyway like we could do a bit more advice because then actually we could go into the Sony stuff after anyway because it's like slightly different. So this could be quite good to keep on the DJ stuff at the moment. Like any other like advice bits? Like for example, you've done a few, now you're with Foundation FM girls. Um, That's obviously come from like, I suppose, I'm just guessing like you've done a few other things. Did you like chat to them? And like before that, you've also done a few other little like mixes and shows for people. How does it all accumulate like I suppose we could in a way go back to like after Bristol kind of thing after graduating uh, a lot of people actually this is like inside scoop that people don't know with me I've linked I was linked up with Foundation FM about two years ago because they launched a, a wireless competition and I actually won their competition uh-huh. um, so I played wireless for them uh, at it was like a backstage thing 
and that's when I met all the girls and met everyone. And I've been like a, fa- a I've been like a family friend from afar for a while because obviously they've like really um, even though I wasn't part of like Foundation FM, they've like just passed on opportunities to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Bex uh, Richardson, she was on the podcast like way back at the beginning, episode seven. Um, she was chatting more about the radio stuff she does. But um, obviously she's won the Foundation FM, one of the three. And then I met, oh, what was her name? Frankie. Frankie, yeah. So I went in to meet Frankie because actually they were like, maybe we could do this as a show. Um, but I was like, well, actually, I'm, I'm literally moving back to, by the time we did this, I was like, we're moving back to um, Scotland. So, and it's so funny how like easy remote would have been now, like to think of like stuff, but they, they were really nice that they put the, the podcast episode out on Foundation FM because they're, they're just such a nice group of girls that they just seem to like, I don't know. I just love that she was like, no, no, we'll promote it. We'll put like, we'll just put an hour aside and like you can just send it over to me. Let me know the music and put it in, which was so nice to have music on it because I can't do it for this. They're really amazing. I think they are fantastic. I love that. I could see that. They are, they're just incredible and I think it was a space that was very very needed um and yeah I'm, I'm so grateful to to be able to be part of the family and they're just they're doing bits they're on job with partners like the partners they have is insane like their first year I was like you guys must have been like freaking out like the amount of success they had the first year Lisa like it's like every day there's like there's like a, there's just like an email it's like oh there's this and I'm like oh my god like you just feel so privileged <laughs> to be part of um part of it because they really do so much to empower like the people who are who are part of Foundation FM and they, I don't even know mm. how they keep managing to bring out all these things out the bag I'm so in awe of the work ethic and the work rate um so yeah just big up to Foundation FM every single time I think it's so great though because like obviously the three of them are pals and I've now forgotten the name of the third girl but they all have such strong skills that are different mm, yeah I think that's why it works yes exactly exactly and that's it's yeah it almost came out of nowhere and it just blew up and I think it was yeah it's incredible it's so inspirational as well for any women who want to start off their own um not even radio station like their own business I guess in a sense yeah so true your shows is it I have a little (laughs) yeah I have a little um slogan it's babes no stress lock in with Ness yes (laughs) (laughs) that actually goes back for to uh 1020 radio in Bristol my first show do you know when you say that though it just sounds like Loch Ness to me yeah 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 that's how I started off. Like that's it was a play on words because I was like, "Ooh, actually, my I first DJ name was meant to be the Loch Ness." Um, I had a couple of DJ names that I was going with before Vanessa. I just oh, really? decided to, to do my name, Vanessa Real. But um, I had Loch Ness down. I had um, Lethal Wilson. <laughs> Lethal Wilson. Oh my God. Um, I had uh, there was another one where Ness was like spelt with um, dollar signs. Um, yeah, there, there's been a lot of suggestions, but. That's that's basically where Keep Locked In With Ness comes from. <laughs> Did you do other DJ stuff then the last few years, like once you left uni? Or like, I take it, do, was it essentially do that, um, the six-week course, and then did they kind of like introduce you to people? Or how did it kind of come about that you started doing your own I just, DJing? do you know what is the hustle, the hustle and the grind? The hustle. Um, yeah, I yeah. literally was dming everyone and their mom i would literally like because at the at that time i think i was still using <laughs> i was still using facebook so i'd literally be like i'm a dj now you must book me um no one booked me from that but 
<laughs> I think all my friends thought it was great. Um, and what what did I do? So I finished the course. Um, I got a show at 1020 Radio in Bristol. I, do you know what? I just had fantastic friends. I think my first booking was through my friend Stacey Olika, who's a graphic designer. And she was just talking to this woman who um, runs this place called Spike Island in Bristol. If people know it, know it. It's like a huge exhibition space. And they were looking yeah. for a DJ, but they wanted a, um, they actually wanted a disco, um, disco DJ who played like um, Afro house and like house. But bearing in mind, uh-huh. I'm a trap and drill head at this You're point. You're like, that, that's me, right? And I was like, I was like, Stacey, this is me. I've got it. Like, I've got this in the bag. Like, I can do it. And she was like, okay, cool. I'll let her know. And then she emailed me straight away being like, uh-huh, yeah. Weird. She emailed me straight away being like, hey, can you send over like a Afro house mix? I was like, I was like, yeah, of course. Oh my God. That night I went to bed at like 6 a.m. Because I had to I had to just Google like. Do you know, that's a really great way for you to like, obviously extremely in stress conditions, but like get to listen to new music. Like she might not have listened to before because you thought you were in this like, um, what are the things you actually have in horses to make them only look straight? Oh, um, blinkers. Like, you know, yeah, blinkers. blinkers. <laughs> to bring back the horses. But you know, you had that maybe like the blinkers of like, right, I'm just doing that drill and stuff. Um, so maybe it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And I, um, I actually have a huge Afro House playlist that I've never used ever again. But I, if someone wants to book me as an Afro House <laughs> DJ. But um, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned the blinkers because the actual person... Um, who really like I think has made me the DJ who I am today and obviously I'm I'm very 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 new to the game so I'm just still learning but um would have to be Jake Knight he runs a label in Bristol called Club Jembe oh shout out to Jake each and every time he was managing me for a little bit um, before as well he's just the best um and he basically DM'd me straight away when he saw um actually he did see my Facebook post because Bristol's very small um and his girlfriend at the time was uh, my friend as well so he he dm'd me was like hey like i'm gonna book you i think it's great that uh, more women are getting into music um i've got a night on carnival um he was like listen to these mixes this is like the club djembe vibe club djembe is very much like global club music um you know from dembe to dembo to reggaeton to bali um bali funk um hard drum afro trap that kind of thing um like uh-huh. me mina um i had a dream that kind of vibe tasha see if people know those djs but i was like okay cool like sick i'll just take it um and i am a like massive nerd so i was like cool i'm gonna do my research and i planned for like two months in advance um and I just, that two months I've opened, was opened up to so many different sounds on Bandcamp. I was buying music. I was like really like figuring out producers from, you know, like South Africa, like DJ Lag. That's when I was introduced to him and Ice Drop and all of these yeah. crazy tunes. And I was like, sick. There's no way I can just limit it to drill. Um, so that was, that was all Jake Knight. And uh, I just can't thank him enough because at first I was like, oh, I just want to get a drill book in, but thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank god because now i try and mix the drill into the club yeah but that comes naturally to you if it's something you already liked i suppose right so you had that but like i don't know that's a really great way of being in general life like just being like right okay yeah sure like i can like absorb and learn that and i can you can learn a lot through music i think of like certain cultures and stuff i just think that's i think that's great that you that you and also like preparation like, like you said before like you can kind of go where you want to go but like do your homework 
do some work like get behind it as well 100% I think I always say I always say to people do I think I always stress it research I know I'm repeating myself but if you want to it's true I believe yeah, yeah you've got to you've got to understand like who's number one like who's who of like doing it what you want to who's doing what you want to do why do you want to do what you want to do what's the history behind what you want to do especially when it comes to DJing like you need to have you need to know music you need to you need to mm. you, know, you need to know um the artists you need to know the producers I think it's very important to understand like the origins of the music that you're listening to um house techno um you know it's, it's black music black culture like where who who are the people who made it first when did it start to pop how did people monetize and like before it was monetized like yeah. you know who like who was leading um who was leading uh, pushing the genre where do you like I mean obviously it's just the internet but like I suppose it's kind of like where did you or do you have like a rough like like guide or things you go to all the time to find stuff you mentioned Bandcamp like obviously to like get those tunes and stuff but any other kind of resources do you know what I'm I'm a big SoundCloud girl um I love I love yeah I love um I love digging like I'll be there until like four in the morning finding tunes and being like jeez I found the coldest tune um so SoundCloud Spotify for just like for new music predominantly like um Mm. For, for my trap and my drill I'll go, go over there and then um, yeah SoundCloud Bandcamp Insta Twitter social media is a great place as well because you know you miss a lot of things when you're just like in your own tunnel like echo chamber like looking for tunes and sometimes people will drop little snippets of things that they've released um, other people's mixes DJ's mixes yo the best place to yeah, find music yeah best place even stories people will put like bangers and I find so much music through going through people's stories yeah insta insta so like did you like just start doing a few of these things then you mentioned someone managed you for a bit how, how did that kind of come about or like felt necessary as well do you know what I, I say manage but it was um it wasn't even like a it wasn't even official like at all it was literally just like there was talk about um like Jake managing me I think when the first lockdown hit um, and he's mm-hmm. it was more do you know what it was more like a mentorship and like a great friend like just yeah. just being there for me and um he's just oh he's just the best so he really helped in terms of like looking at things a bit more strategically um which I think you know some people don't like to do it but it is it is important to have like some form of like strategy in place if you um haven't have established like what you want to do um and you know where you want to go to so just having a bit of a strategy to be like okay what are the next kind of steps um, and I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really think of it like that at all. I was just like, I'm just doing me. I'm just, oh, opportunity, cool. <laughs> Next one, okay, cool. <laughs> I was not, I was not, re- I, I was kind of just doing everything. And, you know, he, he sort of like, um, not sat me down, like phone call, because we were all in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of sat me down and was like, okay, cool. Like, what is, what is the focus? Like, let's focus a little bit. Uh, let's like streamline yeah, yeah. things. Let's look at you know the next year let's look at the next two years like what things do you want to have in place and it was the first time I've had someone externally um like really care about my journey and it that was like a huge motivation for me um so yeah that that's what that's kind of what it was and then like did the marketing stuff kind of happen from that after that conversation you're like right maybe I want to work in like the music industry 
at the time I was working at the BBC and I think my journey has always been getting closer and closer to music. So obviously I was at the student union doing like mental health work. And the next mm. step for me that was clear was like, I need to get into the creative industry because I knew I wanted to get into music, but I knew it would be difficult because I didn't have the credentials behind me or the experience. So I thought, all right, mm. cool. But I can get into the creative industry because I've done like all this radio stuff um, and I've done work on the side. So I managed to bag a job at, um, yeah, the BBC and I was working first off on the one show in the Bristol base, filming all the wildlife stuff that went out. <laughs> I was running about the country, um, filming like bugs and beetles at like six in the morning, getting the sunrise in. Like, it was actually really I fun. I love a morning when you get up before anyone else. It was fun. It was fun. Like it was actually great. Um, it was not what I wanted to do, but I understood at the time that this was like, a, this was like part of the journey. And it will like I look back, Definitely. which I, I'm doing now, and I'm like, raw. Like that was actually kind of cool. <laughs> um, and then from that, I moved to London, got a job at Dragons Den. So I was working at Dragons Den. <laughs> what was going on? This is great. <laughs> This is what it should be, though, because it is that kind of thing of, like, you just keep learning and absorbing. You can do other your side hustles and, you know, your side hustles, but, like, you have to, like, move through the motions to learn the skills. Uh, that's really cool. And you just, you have to, I think the most important thing is that you've got to do the best with what you have. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. don't realize that and, like, are really hard on themselves. But, you know, I knew no one in music. I knew no one in the creative industry. I was like, cool, I'm just going to do the best of what I have, which is apply for this scheme, get into the creative industry. And then as things, like, started to pro progress, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, now I've made contacts. I'm at Dragon's Den now. This is not what I want to do, but I'm gaining valuable skills. The next step for me, which, you know, Jake helped me with, was, like, you do you want to be in music? And I was like, 100%. He was like, well, why don't you have a look at like trying to get into, you know, jobs in the music industry? And I was like, mm. absolutely. That's like the next step, which will go hand in hand with the DJing. So yeah, that was the next step. And it was interesting because I saw this like Sony internship and actually three years ago, I was thinking of applying, which I just forgot about. And it's funny how it came back. Anyway, I saw it and I was like, yeah, let me apply for this role. And I remember wanting to leave. I've wanted to leave the BBC for the longest time, but all my friends were like, nah, just stay, just do the scheme. Like, you don't even know how what, good it what is. What is the scheme, by the way? As in like, do you mean like the jobs you were doing, like the nature one and, and Dragon's Den, was that through one a certain programme? Yes, Creative Access, um, amazing. Ah. Go check it out. They offer internships at loads of places from Warner. Is it paid? Yeah, paid, yeah. of course, of course. Oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> Cute. I did not get paid in shit, which is the most frustrating thing. But yes, that's that's what it should be. That's awesome. Yeah, Crave Access, they work with creative like companies across the country from all sectors, all all industries within the creative industry. So they work with Warner, Apple, the BBC, BBC. they work in music publishing, Hatchet um publishing, they work with um fashion houses, they work with ITV. Do you know what? Anything yeah. you want to do, go check them out. And like just before you go into the other one, I was just thinking as well, like the, the BBC and like the Dragon's Den thing, what were the actual rules? Like, were they totally different and just literally just like, let's just learn, were they like runner roles or like? No, so I was at the, the one show, I was doing production management. So if people know there's like editorial and there's like production, editorial is more the creative side, yeah. but I was, I so this is another interesting, another interesting thing. I landed a scheme in production management, which is like admin heavy and, very yeah. um yeah I did a bit of that it's so much admin heavy it's it's just admin and like being very organized and like 
it was like I was in the BBC, but it was so far from anything that like I wanted to do. If anything, even though I was in TV, mm. which I didn't want to do, like editorial would have been better suited to me. But um, mm. I just had to do, again. I was like, cool, I'm here. Like I've just got to make my contacts and do do me. Yes. So that's what I was doing there, and then at Dragons Den, I was doing similar, but then also doing like a bit of running and a bit of like research work because I was just like kind of supporting the team in general that's good because that's slightly more creative for that and also like when you run you get to at least meet some of the well I suppose the, the project management one you did as well you'd meet like the team that actually do the filming or like think of what the content should be and stuff yeah I was lucky though because of the scheme I was on with creative access we had loads of training days so while I was at the one show I learned how to work like an FS7 so I'm camera trained no I'm, I'm sound that's, trained that's an awesome right I'm definitely gonna get a link to that because that sounds really cool yeah um, sound trained as well done all that training but I think when I, I was like this is sick like but I really knew then that I didn't want to do it because I was like this is so cool and I'm I'm living someone's dream but this is not for me that's a nice way of putting it yeah and then, yeah, so sorry, I interrupted you back then, but I just wanted to check the rules just for people as well. But yeah, like then then it was like, right, chatting down, sit, sit down with your pal. He was like, right, so it's music you want to do. Let's get you into that. Mm, yeah, and it was literally, it's interesting because that's, that's literally all he said. Because um, <laughs> um, he, like, I th- this was at the time of like lockdown. So everyone's life was crazy. But it's sometimes, I think what I say to people is sometimes like, you you have to do the work yourself but the most powerful thing is someone's words and I think like planting the seed for someone and like if you're talking to the younger generations and like planting that seed mm-hmm. and sometimes just holding up a mirror to a person and repeating what they're telling you can have the biggest effect on their drive and motivation to go and like grab what they need to do in order to like get to where they need to go um so him yeah. just saying to me because I was like yeah I want to work in music so he was like you need to get into the music industry. And like, that was like, boom, cool. I need to get there. (laughs) And I saw this role um, on my Instagram, Social Fix It. If anyone's trying to get into music or like looking for roles, go follow Social Fix It. Um, Fantastic, fantastic um, platform who's run by Mercedes Benson, who's also a DJ and just a sick black woman creative. Um, Anyway, so I saw it and yeah, I was like, cool, let me just apply. And what's really funny is going back to the BBC, I was saying that all my friends, I was telling my friends, I want to leave. I hate it. I'm going to go freelance. I don't even know I'm going to do it, but I'm going to (laughs) leave. And I remember like telling like, um, not my manager, but someone at like on my team, I was like, yeah, like I need to leave. And they were like, Vanessa, they're like, I'm not trying because, you know, I I was, I'm still young. I do realize that, but I was very young at the time. She was like, you're getting so many skills that you don't even know, like, just stay on the scheme. You have like three months, four months left. Like you don't know what, you know, blessings are going to come, but just, you know, it's, it, she's like, just don't leave. She's just like, trust me. And I was like, she's right. You know, cause I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know that's the thing that like London's like exceptionally high bills. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is right. Let me not leave. And little did I know, I look at this Sony application form and, the, there's two sides of the roles, creative and it's admin and all the admin bullet points of what experiences or what you'd be doing that um, at the at Sony was exactly what I basically did at the BBC and I was like oh snap yeah. I've got <laughs> it's the same role you just have to be like it's super fucking organized and like doing like that kind of shit and basically keeping people in track and making sure <laughs> it is funny how it all relates isn't it yeah and I was like, I was like, and I was like, oh, when I was looking at this, I was like, hold on, I've got a good chance. You can do this. I was thinking, yeah. I've got a good chance at getting this because I've, every single Such bullet point, 
I got it. Like I've actually done. It's not just like no. I've literally that system. I've used it. That system. I've done that system. Like I've. I know it from the back of my hand. So that is really. That's really it. So I, I always say like when when an opportunity comes away and you know it. it you know you, you. It's for you. It's for you for a reason because if I had not gone and dragged my ass to the BBC and did all that work, I would not be in music right now, and then I wouldn't be meeting the people I am because I wouldn't have got the role. It's hard at the time though, like, and but patience comes with that, <laughs> like, just like patience and patience, waiting for the right thing. But you know, it's that kind of thing. And your mum was probably like to you as well, like you know, like that was like my mum certainly was. My dad, they were like, I would be applying for these other jobs, and they'd be like, you know, I don't know if that's quite right, but you know, obviously, do what you got to do. But like, also trying to make me realize I should just be patient and do the thing I really want to do, and that's the same probably as that BBC person was trying to help you out. But like, ultimately, then you saw something eventually that came along that you're like, shit, man, this is literally what I could do, and you got it. <laughs> like, and I think that's you have to be patient, and I think when you, I think you know what when I, I like as I said, I'm a big like researcher, and when I was looking and watching all these interviews with people who I looked up to and like people who are successful yeah. in like music and not in just music, just successful people in general, the one thing that the only common like denominator that they had between everyone was the belief in themselves. That was the only thing that everyone had in common. And I, and I think I remember like one like one night when I was like researching, I was like, oh snap! Like the only thing like this billionaire from like France or whatever has in common with like Sherelle, who's a sick one sixty um, DJ, is that both you know they both just really believe in themselves, don't they? Like they just they just no matter what. And I think that self belief feeds into patience because I learned to calm down and learned to be really patient because I really just was like, I'm gonna do it and I will do it and it will happen yeah. for me because. I really 100% like believe that it will happen for me. And if one door closes, I already know that another door is going to open because I have so much trust yeah. in myself. And I think getting to that place is really powerful because you are like literally like, you become unstoppable because there's you know that you really trust and believe that it's okay and it will happen. And I think the insecurity comes in when you maybe lose mm. that trust in yourself and you doubt yourself and maybe you're seeing stuff on social media and like, ah, I'm not where I'm meant to be because... It, it goes back to like you've lost a bit of like that self-trust that it is happening yeah. for you with the marketing stuff like is it like essentially digital marketing they're getting you to do at the internet? yeah so yeah it, it's very um social media heavy we're looking a lot at tiktok and just how to break songs on there because songs are blowing up on tiktok which is crazy and it's like people get signed off it. it's mad yeah it's people mad. are getting signed off tiktok it's it's insane um and it's just like a a very powerful tool um and i think it's interesting because obviously you have the side of like how do we grow our audience on these like social media platforms but then you also from a label perspective have the side of like how do we get our artists to best use the platforms and and often at labels obviously you have a general like vibe and um, a culture like a, a genre may like couple of genres where your artists fall into um so mm -hmm. you can sort of like cater to them but at black bottle we have quite a we have a general vibe but we have quite a lot of different like types of artists so you know we have like people like tail sound and new artists like Dayaz, singer songwriter type vibe and then we also have like um k trap and shabo more of the drill and trap so you do have to think yeah. about how 
each artist can keep their their integrity as an artist, their art, artistic integrity um, on these different platforms. Because some some someone might want to like dance to a song, but someone's like, nah, that's not me. Like maybe I just want to be behind the scenes and show people what what it's like being in the studio. Um, and it all comes down yeah. to like understanding audiences, but also understanding the artists and what they will be comfortable doing. Yeah, are you enjoying being at a label? It's like totally, totally different. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's just because like I wake up and it's like, and we'll have like a meeting in the morning and we'll be talking about things that I actually really know about. You know? And I think you only, <laughs> you, you only know that feeling if you've ever worked a job where you're like, oh crap like I don't know anything about this and obviously I was working in TV I'm sorry for managers listening but I did not I don't I didn't even own a TV <laughs> I didn't even I, I didn't even have a TV and I, t- I couldn't even watch BBC iPlayer because I didn't have a t- I didn't even pay for a TV <gasps> license which is so funny like I literally watch Netflix like occasionally but I was always listening to music I never had time to watch anything because I would just be listening to music um so obviously yes. in the meetings where people are like, oh did you watch this and I'm like yeah nope <laughs> not tonight but i'm totally gonna watch that back <laughs> yeah totally and um yeah i'm getting i'm getting actually more into do you know what when i once i left that's when i started getting to watching tv more which is weird but anyway um now <laughs> now i can wake up and like join the morning meetings and be like oh my god like yo like um digger d just dropped an album like did you everyone listen to it i'm like yeah i listened to it at one o'clock in the morning like, i've went through the whole thing like you know and being able to contribute your skills and your passion for something in your job it's just it's so nice and i know it's such a privilege so um it's it's just it's just a nice feeling and to be in a team of people who are on a similar wavelength and enjoy things as much as you do um is is incredible it's an amazing feeling like and like you said you have to work really hard to get to that point but it is nice to actually have your hobby as your job which it should be if you're lucky and like you said like super super fortunate kind of thing if it happens but it is this weird feeling you're like am i getting paid for this like what yeah i mean don't get me wrong i i work hard it's it's a, it's a hard intense role but you do have that thing of like wow like i can listen to all this like unreleased music from like my favorite artists the inside yeah. scoop and i think what I, I always knew i think when you're on the outside of like the music industry um i think for me i obviously knew it was very complicated and intricate and there was a lot of you know everyone knew everyone and it's you know everything's very connected but until you sort of you you work in it and you see how everything operates how the label works with a radio plugger and how the radio plugger mm-hmm. you know the pr and then you have social media and how 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 are we working with like our influencers and how does management like work into it and where does where do decisions get made and how does A&R work like how do deals get signed up like who gets signed and why do they get signed and how, do you know what i'm saying all of this kind of thing and when you see you see it like you're inside you're like oh this is crazy this is how it works and you're like Woof. there's a lot of work behind one release yeah it's just it's funny when like i remember the first time they're like so like uh from a year from now we're gonna do this uh release you're like i'm sorry what <laughs> well <laughs> it's interesting because i think there's good and bad of course when you know you mix your hobbies with like your passion because you see i guess sometimes like the 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 glitz and glamour gets taken away um because mm-hmm. you see like everything for like what it really is but at the same time you're like wow like now i fully understand the process as you said of like a release it's it's it, i think it's I, I do think it's a really inter- interesting um industry and like there's so much of it that can relate to anything else if you go into anything else after which i love i was also thinking then 
there's obviously I always ask as well like if there's anything else you want to like add in that you were thinking of but you've given so much amazing advice you can add more if you want but I'm happy to move on to like shout outs if you have any you wanted to again you've shouted out so many people so you don't have to do a specific bit the last bit of advice I'd give is have a purpose have a why and don't worry about where you are if you've got that solid foundation of why you're doing what you're doing down um don't be tied down to an organization or a company follow your purpose um as you can see like you might be a waitress going to the mental health work then you're at the bbc Mm -hmm. and then you're at sony um but you never know what opportunities are out there so don't limit yourself and just figure out who you are first like have that foundation down first like I love that. I think as well, like, if you speak about it or say it out loud in a way, like, you know, have a purpose and talk to people, then people generally, like, will want to help you get to that. Like, you're a friend did, if you know what I mean. Definitely. Definitely. Just speak it into existence. You've got this. You can do it. Yeah. There's no one other, There's no one in this world like you. So if you feel like you have something to say, say it. And everyone started from somewhere and we're all just in the same boat. We're all faking it till we make it. We're winging it and shout outs oh god i want to shout out everyone obviously i've shouted out a lot of people already again club djembe amazing label in bristol shout out to black butter records where i'm working out at the moment a lot of exciting releases coming also shout out to foundation fm and all the work they're doing 1020 radio in bristol trap house an amazing music collective resident advisor who i'm working with on a project too and the last shout amazing yeah um i love them yeah we're working on a project uh i've released a few podcasts but it's a podcast project in association with black minds matter so what's the podcast sorry i interrupt you when you're saying what it was so it was. <laughs> um so I'm it's so just excited. it's just called ra exchange so it's part of the ra, RA exchange series and we highlight every month we highlight a black owned music business um and we donate actually a thousand pounds to them and black minds matter which is a charity which offers free therapy services to black people in the uk and we talk about music the industry mental health the journey so far the first episode was in um was actually hosted by a dj and journalist called andrew mensah and he was interviewing errol from touching base um he's an amazing dj and yeah, he uh, he's the co-founder of Touching Bass, which is a sick music collective. Mm-hmm. They have a show on NTS, so check it out. And the second episode um, has been, yeah, it has been released with Nate Abetu, who is uh, the co-founder of Play Nice. It's a creative studio in London, also doing bits. Um, and then the next episode is going to feature one day Adrian, who is a DJ and producer who runs Intervention, which gets women into music, um, all marginalised communities actually into music through DJ and work- and producer workshops. That's awesome. And the final shout out, the final thing you'll hear from me is big up to Martha Radio. If you don't know about Martha Radio, then please go do your research. Uh, she's an amazing DJ um, and she also runs a collective called Tempo, which is a running crew in London. Um, she works at Resident, oh, yes. Resident Advisor as well. And she has just been the most beautiful energy in my life. She plucked, like she, oh, when I tell you, I was in Bristol and I went to this event 
um, and I met her and she has just been like a godsend. Like she's been pushing me, supporting me. Um, I cover her shows on NTS occasionally. Um, she, she helped me get into um, the resident advisor team to do this project. She's just always just been there for me. Um, and she's just such an incredible woman, woman in music. She's a bad ass DJ too. Um, and she's just been killing it. Like, I think she doesn't get enough props for how much work she does yeah. in the background um, and for how many people she's really brought in um, and how many like artists she she really um, interviewed at the very start of their careers, like Masterpiece. She plucked him up early. Flohio, you know, and she's a big, Flo Hio, yeah. big, 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 big figure in the underground scene as well. She's been doing bits. So shout out to Marfa a hundred and thousand times over. Now, I remember um, I used to go to the, this is when I was in London, maybe near the beginning, so maybe like five years ago, but the Ladies Music Pub group, which I actually found really scary to go to, to begin with. I used to be in a pub and I just felt so out of place, but they are lovely. But you know that kind of thing, you're like, I don't know anyone, and you all know each other. But Martha was there and she was chatting about the running night, which totally like drew me to her more because I, I just find it really, running really helps me just like chill. But that's so fun to hear you talk about her because I feel like I haven't thought about her in ages. So I'll just like dig in again. But like, it's so great that she's still doing exactly what she was doing before oh, and yeah. bringing even more people in. Oh my God. That's just amazing. Big up Marvel. Yeah. I can't even stress to you. She's just the most beautiful soul as well. So yeah, only love. Do you know what? I was also going to say, because I only saw it today, but you're on the She Said So Alternative Power List, um, which 100 Music for List 2020, which my pal um, Mira, who's been the podcast on too. But that's amazing, like, as well. That's just, like, huge, because you haven't even been doing... I mean, it's only been, like, three years since uni, you said, right? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mad. I even... Uh, I forgot about that one. That was... Yeah, that's big. I, yeah, so much love for She Said So, um, said so as well, because they've been supporting... Um, from from early and I haven't even as you said I, like I've just started so well, I really appreciate it. this has been so so lovely and generally like I do I got like same as you like I'm big into research and stuff and like I, literally like after you press like and I was like looking through your stuff I was like holy shit so much you've done and then a few little articles I've read and I'm just like you've done so much you should be so proud and I think no wonder you got the Sony internship as well oh thank you so much I really appreciate you and thank you so much for having me on it's been such a nice like way to spend my Saturday morning like it's I don't know especially in this <laughs> lockdown you don't really meet new people and it's yeah it's really nice to to have talked with you oh no I really appreciate it so thanks so much thank you for having me it's been amazing Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much, Ness. That was just beautiful. And yeah, such a nice way to spend our Saturdays. I really, really appreciate that. And yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. As ever, I'll pop all those links um, that she mentions into the kind of Instagram. So just go to Bite Size Bodacious Babes on Instagram. All the links will be through there, including all the shout outs she gives. So really cool DJs and um, great kind of like music collectives. If you go to my website, um, you can set up the newsletter and that's when I put all of the actual information with regards to show notes. But have no fear because you will have missed this one. You can just go to the website and go to the kind of article section at the bottom. So essentially read more and it'll bring you to a page where you can actually access that too. So no worries there. But yes, yeah, some amazing collectives and some amazing kind of 
internship schemes, schemes in general, that are just a really great way to actually get into industry. And I didn't know about loads of them. And this is just the classic example of the music industry being, I don't know, it's like, it's it's only, it's, it just seems to be like who you know, or if someone happens to recommend things. So please do share the word of um, what Ness is saying, if anyone is interested. Um, she's doing such amazing things. So I'd really recommend kind of like catching her on Instagram too. She's, I mean, her photos are unbelievable. So it's Ness, N-E-S-S-A-M-A-R-I-A-W. So it's Ness A Maria W on Instagram. And some really great things she's doing. I really, I'm excited to actually listen through that podcast she's doing with Resident Advisor with um, the, the, like all the stuff she's done. It's just so cool. So yeah, check her out. And yeah, we've, we've got like a wee break coming up in the podcast, which I'm actually very excited about it's been such a good kind of last few episodes and it's been really nice kind of like what Ness was saying meeting new people online (laughs) via the podcast whilst we're in this madness apart from that that is everything from me so have a lovely day evening night or morning and cue the music